Welcome to Around the IT Block Podcast, presented by HPE. I'm your host, the IT Oddfather, Calvin Zito. This is episode number 30. I just recently did a, a chalk talk looking at AI for manufacturing, and I think this would be a great discussion to take it to the level of HPE GreenLake for manufacturing. And on the podcast today, that's exactly what we're going to talk to. And of course, uh, I've got an expert to help me do that. Jochen Moore, I appreciate you joining me today. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and tell tell folks who are listening to us what you do at HPE. Sure. Thanks, Kelvin. Yeah, um, Jochen Moore, I'm a solution architect um, in the data practice of the business solution group based in the Dach geography in Germany. And I'm um, working in the industry 4.0 space, so designing solutions like the distributed industrial cloud or the data-centric architecture for manufacturing and helping our customers to grow and scale their industrial use cases. One of the things that's, I think, happening within manufacturing is the realization that there's a lot that they can do with data to make their manufacturing processes easier, to make what they produce higher quality. Tell, tell me a little bit about what's happening that is creating this space where data transformation is becoming so important to manufacturing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a, a top trend that we are seeing today in the industry. So data is really the lifeblood of the production industry today. So, and it gets even more important when we're looking at the digitalization of the production processes. So if you want to um, introduce these new use cases uh, like OEE uh, optimization and uh, end-of-line quality inspection and stuff like that, you need to have a lot of data and you need to manage it and uh, make sure that you have access control and things like that in place. So that's really uh, one of the core trends that we are seeing that you need to be able to capture data, to transform it, to uh, make it available to all the people in the organization needing it, and then um, getting the value out of your data. For the manufacturing customer that's listening to this, haven't started this journey, or maybe they're only a part way into it, what kinds of things would be the expected outcomes for them as they start to transform and start to really use data across their manufacturing lifecycle? So I think the top outcome is really to get more insights into their production processes. So they want to know the status of their production sites. They want to know in advance when manufacturing equipment fails. They want to increase their productivity, reduce waste, and on the other side, accelerate their innovation with this data. So to be faster on the market and uh, get ahead of your competition. So I mentioned I had the chalk talk looking at AI for manufacturing, and obviously there's more to what manufacturing customers are looking to do than AI, but AI is really the big trend that gives them the ability to, to take advantage of that data. What kinds of things are they doing with AI and manufacturing that they're really going to see benefit from? I think the most uh, prominent uh, use case with AI is really um, end-of-line quality inspection. So you have video analytics and uh, other data sources that you use to ensure that your product meets your quality expectations at the end of the production process. So you can do this by tracking what happens in the individual product steps, but you also can use video analytics to assure your product quality at the end of the process. That's the top use case uh, I see here, but there's a lot more. There's things like uh, optimizing your supply chain. You can 
increase the overall product uh, production and design process with AI. So I would see this is our other top use case in the AI area. Jochen, when I hear you talk about quality and manufacturers trying to improve the quality of their product, I'm going to make it personal. My, think of my dad. My dad used to work at an aluminum casting uh, manufacturing plant, and his job was to inspect things and you know, looking at things like a, a lawnmower and phys physically inspecting them with his eyes and watching all this stuff come off an assembly line. It's a very reactive, labor-intensive, expensive process. And you know, thank you that my dad had a salary and we, we, we had a middle-class life because he got paid for doing what he did. I think what you're talking about is automating that, not only you know, help lower costs from the manufacturing standpoint, but also really focused on improving the quality of the product. Tell me a little bit more about how AI is really doing that. Is it just a camera pointing at something coming off a line and intelligence that makes decisions on what they what the camera sees? Or how, how does what's happening that manufacturers are benefiting from this? Yeah, actually, when uh, this predictive um, quality case that you're talking about, it's one of the top use cases we're seeing in the AI field, and. Yeah, cameras is actually one of the main data sources to provide images and then use AI technologies and machine learning to identify defects and quality issues of your product. But for sure, it depends on the product you want to do the quality control on, because sometimes the visual inspection is not the right way. So there are multiple sensors you need to connect. And what the manufacturers are trying to do today is also collect the data far earlier uh, in the production process. So you take into consideration the, the talk of your toolings, for example, when you put things together or other sensor data throughout the whole production process to collect data and then predict the quality of your output that you're producing there. So do you have a top of mind customer use case Maybe you could share with people where a, a manufacturer has done this and it's helped improve their quality. Yeah, I can uh, share an example that uh, we are doing at the CellFab, which is a research facility at the uh, RWTH Aachen University in Germany. And there's a, a research site where a lot of researchers from the from the university, but also from the industry, are working to improve the battery cell production. And together with some partners, we digitalized this whole production um, site. And what they are targeting is to predict the quality of a battery cell being produced in the production line throughout the production process. Because today it is the case that you run through all production steps in this production line. And then when the battery cell is finished in the production, it still takes quite some time that you are able to test if the battery cell is working or not. So what they are doing is currently in each production step, uh, collect all data available from the individual uh, machines and sensors and uh, retrofitted equipment there, and then predict based on those sensor data if it is likely that the battery cell is going to work or not. So that's a, a case where a lot of effort is put in because this would increase the production side, it would reduce waste and cost so a really good case, especially where the uh, battery cells are, uh, from a demand perspective, quite interesting today. That is really interesting. And I, I would think that 
manufacturers, it's not like they just started collecting data. They, they've been collecting data in different parts of their processes, but how are they using historical data to help improve things with AI? Yeah, that's an important case because we are, we are seeing today that there are many customers coming to us and say, okay, I want to use AI to, for example, predict when machinery is failing. And you can't do this because you need to have historical data to do so because you have to look at the past to train your algorithms and models, and then you can predict the future. So especially in this predictive maintenance use case, you need to have and evoke a lot of historical data to move from a simple condition monitoring case towards a predictive maintenance case where people are working today and probably in the future even to prescriptive maintenance. Let's talk a little bit about HPE GreenLake for manufacturing and how does that help our customers with this? You know, I think a lot of customers, this must feel like it could be overwhelming and then trying to scale it. I'm guessing that that's an area where HPE GreenLake for manufacturing is really a, a helpful thing for customers in manufacturing. Yeah, GreenLake for manufacturing is an excellent foundation to implement your use cases on. It helps really the customers to get the required infrastructure and platform services to implement and scale their use cases. So today we are seeing that customers typically get stuck in the kind of POC or pilot phase. They are using the public cloud um, because it's fast, easy, accessible, and then they deploy their first POCs there, which is fine. But then they come to the point that they need to scale it. They need to make it globally available across all their production sites. And then there are other stakeholders coming into play. So they say, okay, there might be security concerns, there might be performance and latency issues, and a lot of other things that you might want to run your use case on-premises, right? So on the other side, we hear from the business folks that they are kind of afraid of going to the IT department and accessing IT services to, because it's quite of complex to get all the things together, to get approvals and stuff like that. So with HPE GreenLake for manufacturing, we provide customers the choice to have a cloud-like experience on-premises. And that's a really helpful item in this case. And as I think through this, I would imagine you, you talked about the POCs and starting with a public cloud, but then a lot of these manufacturers have sites everywhere and then i think that's where edge comes to into a big a big um thing in fact i was just seeing a, a data point within the last day or two and unfortunately i'm not recalling who i saw it from but they talked about that edge is actually what's growing more, more than public cloud and this probably is exactly or the use case why that's happening yeah exactly especially in the manufacturing industry because in, in the generic IoT field, where you have lots of devices distributed globally, the public cloud is an excellent choice to collect the data of those millions of devices spread around the globe. But especially in the manufacturing, where you have larger production sites that produce a lot of data, and you probably need to analyze this data on site, you need to have low latency and stuff like that, you want to do this at the edge. And therefore, um, using a public cloud only approach is probably not the right choice. So we always said the world will be hybrid, and I think it's still true. You will have use cases you want to run on-premises or at the edge, and you will have uh, use cases that you might run in the public cloud. 
So it's an, a perfect choice really to use HP GreenLake for manufacturing um, to have the option to run workloads either on-premises or in the public cloud. And especially we are able to take care of handling the data transport between the edge and the cloud. Well, hearing you describe that environment, it sounds like there's a really good possibility that customers could have their data in the cloud. It could be at the edge. There could be some um, centralized data centers where it all exists. How do they get that data out of the silos that they're in to capitalize on it and at the same time protect it and make it available for others to take advantage of it? Yeah, very good question. And uh, the question is ex exactly uh, how do they doing it today? Because today we are seeing typically that there's the implementation of a lot of point-to-point -point connections. So if you need access to data that is controlled by another team, you go to the team, you discuss the API, you discuss access rights, and then you copy the data or whatever. You, you implement a lot of point-to-point -point connections between databases, data sources, applications, and probably some engines sitting in the middle uh, processing the data. So that's how it, many customers are still doing it today. And what we're proposing here is kind of a data-centric approach. So we call it the data-centric architecture for manufacturing. And with this approach, you build a unified platform that works as a data fabric to connect all your data silos. Then you implement a kind of data governance to control your data. And you have then things like a data glossary, a data catalog, providing everyone access to the data. So you get rid of all those point-to-point -point connections and can use self-services to access this data wherever it is residing, being it in the public cloud, being it on-premises or in your central data center, wherever it is sitting. You can still find the data. You can get access on it. It is classified and things like that. So far more easy to get access to this data, to use it for AI and, and other use cases. And that's one of the main architecture proposals that we are currently offering here. Do you have an example that you can talk about where a customer has done this and is successfully pulling these silos of data together uh, to, to be able to share it and use it across the manufacturing process? Yeah, we have, for example, an, an automotive customer and they already implemented the data-centric architecture. They connected their source data systems, they are streaming their data, through our data hub, that it's part of the data-centric architecture. And they also implemented data governance and access control internally to provide other teams access to this data. Now they had the situation that they want to share some development data with another automotive OEM, and they want to collaboratively work on the same data because they are producing some of the cars together. And therefore they use now the data-centric architecture to provide each other's teams access to this data while controlling what kind of data and, and to which granularity level the data is shared between those automotive OEMs. And this really helped to speed up this whole development process because in the past they needed to collect their data, clean it, and then use USB drives and things like that to exchange the data between the two companies. And now they have a, a shared platform with the data governance and access control system on top uh, to share this data and they are able to classify individual attributes of each data item in there so they can remove confidential parts and provide a very easy and fast access to it. 
that sounds like a really interesting case. Uh, I'd love to hear another one. Do you have another customer success story you could tell us about? Yeah, we have another interesting one, which is from a chemical company company working also on the battery cell production. And here we had a case that the research data they needed to work with uh, machine learning on was distributed across many sites and companies. And the teams took quite some time to get access to the data from other teams. So this slowed down the research process. And here we introduced the HPE Esmeral Data Fabric as a service in this case, and we use it in a kind of ML ops scenario. So now the researchers have self-service access to this data. We use a data governance module to control the access to certain data. And we also introduced a kind of multi-tenancy concept to separate the data between companies and uh, also countries to meet compliance and regulation issues in there. So we have both keeping the data secure and controlled on the one side, but easy access on the other side at the same time. I mean, I'm thinking through everything we've talked about, Jochen, and it seems to me that HPE GreenLake is ideal for customers that want to have this data-centric architecture. And they want the security, they want the control, they want to be able to apply AI to the data that they're collecting and the data they've already had from a historical standpoint. Summarize all this for me and talk about, you know, am, am I right? It sounds like GreenLake is an ideal uh, platform for manufacturing. Absolutely, because it helps our customers really to scale from their first POC parts with probably only one device, uh, one device connected up to really the large-scale global rollout. That's what we are capable of doing with the data-centric architecture for manufacturing, and it's not a one-time big shot. It's really a kind of modular-faced approach to introduce this, and it's really important also for customers to start here. Manufacturing, I think there's obviously like lots of other things within within GreenLake beyond what we've talked about that they might benefit from. I mean, think of uh, SAP HANA and other things that GreenLake does as workloads. What are some other just throw some things out there that for customers to be thinking about that we could do and help with GreenLake? Yeah, what we are seeing a lot is, for example, SAP as a service to help our customers support with their S4 HANA transformation. We are seeing a lot of demand for HPC as a service to help to drive simulations, um, which goes hand in hand with uh, CAD, so computer aided design, um, based on VDI technology, and uh, also computer aided engineering together uh, with the high performance computing. So there are lots of workloads that you can actually uh, get from HPE GreenLake for manufacturing. Well, this has been a great conversation, Jochen. I appreciate you joining me. But before we go, um, where can customers get more information to dive deeper into this topic? Yeah, they can check out our website, hpe.com slash info slash manufacturing to find all relevant information about us. Jochen, again, thanks for joining me. I, I always love podcasts where I learn a lot, and I think I've learned a lot here today from you. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, and many other podcast subscription services. 
We've also just got a new home on HPE.com. You can find the podcast on HPE.com slash D-M-N slash A-T-I-T-B. Love hearing from you on Twitter, where you can find me as Calvin Zito. You can find our blogs at community.hpe.com. Until next time, thanks for joining me.